You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's podcast. It's a a guest podcast today, so I've got somebody on here to talk to you. And I really want to talk to you about this misconception that if you just build a funnel, they will come. (laughs) You know, we used to hear like, build a website and they will come. And then everyone said, no, that doesn't really work. And then instead, people just changed the word website for funnel and expected that as long as you had a funnel, your business will grow, you'll make more money. And actually, there's so much more to it than that. So I've brought on the person that knows about this kind of stuff. So I'm here with Charlotte Wibberley. So Charlotte helps entrepreneurs with all of their online marketing things, really, um, using things like audience building, funnels, launching strategies and everything that that comes with. So welcome to the podcast, Charlotte. Thanks, Lisa. Great to be here. So first of all, before we dive into what I really want to talk about, I want to know how you got into doing what you do now, because I think it's always an interesting story about why people got started, because I'm guessing that you weren't 20 and went, you know what I want to do? (laughs) Help online marketers with their funnels. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) So I was in corporate for years and years and years as PA project management and ended up, as I think many people do, leaving the corporate world when I had my son because of the lack of kind of flexible working options. And I just wanted to be around more for him, really. So I started up my first business when he was about six months old, and that was a virtual assistant business. I knew nothing about being self-employed, nothing about how to market or run a business, and completely winged it in the first few months and somehow found myself with some success. From there, I built out another business because I'm never happy just sitting still, serial entrepreneur. So I built out an association to help other virtual assistants to set up and run their businesses in the right way. And it was that business, building that from the ground up, building the website, building the funnels, building the lead magnets, building uh, the tech, all of that, that actually, I think, first gave me a flavor of loving doing this sort of thing. So um, that's kind of what got me into the whole funnels, launches, tech piece. That's so cool. And I think it's really interesting because the people that I know that start as a virtual assistant, um, they think it's going to be like being a PA offline, you know, just helping with like diary management and that kind of thing. And very quickly, they realize that there is a tech element to it that they're going to need to know because marketing... uh, or assisting with an online business is so different to an offline business that you need to know how to use, you know, some of the systems that we use online. And actually, I think that's quite a hard jump for people to go from VA to a tech VA. And they are quite different. And then, you know, from a tech VA to an OBM, like an online business manager, and then an online business manager to someone that can really like you do now, like do everything, do all of the the funnels and everything that goes with it. And I think that comes from the fact that you've worked in so many businesses that you've seen the strategies that work with things like launching and with things like funnels. So it's not guesswork. And I think with some 
sometimes it's just the, the theory of it. But actually, when you start working with lots of different businesses, you see what really works. And what well, this is it. As you said, as we were talking about before this podcast, it's it's the fact that um, I've been in the back end of uh, some really successful launches and some not so successful launches. I'm not going to share who those are. But yeah. it's, you know, being able to have those insights into the different strategies, the different types of strategies for different business stages, offer types, ideal clients. And seeing the different things that have yielded different types of results has allowed me to really help my clients now to work out what that first strategy is going to be for their business. Now, obviously, with everything, when it comes to your launches and your funnels, it's always a let's try something and let's see how that lands. And then we can look at the data and go from there to work out whether we're going to continue and go with that and tweak it or scale it or whether we're actually going to try something slightly different but I totally agree with you on the the VA um, tech VA piece as well so I when I first started that VA business I was 100% sure I was going to be doing diary management all the stuff that I'd done as a PA in the city but very quickly I found that it was so much broader than that. And I think even now in this post-pandemic environment, it's that's that's exacerbated that situation. I think VAs coming into the industry now really need to be thinking about how they um, can serve their clients in a tech way as well. Yeah, it's really important. One of the things that you touched on there that is really overlooked is data. Mm-hmm. Data is everything in an online business. And yet when you speak about metrics and data to new businesses, they have not, they're like, what do you Nothing. mean? Um, yeah. They're not collecting anything. And actually, you only know how much money you're going to make in your business from the data and from the metrics, because everything is trial and error. So you try one thing and it may or may not work. But even if it doesn't work, you've got something gold from it. And that is you've collected the data to know what to do next time. Data makes up a massive part of my business now. It's huge. And yet so many people, even at the six figure mark, aren't collecting data and it kills me. Yeah, do you know, I was lucky enough quite early in my journey to work with a sort of smaller business and she was a data freak. So she already had this amazing system for collecting and analyzing her data. But then moving forward to working with some of the other larger six-figure businesses, I was shocked. They weren't even tracking some of their basic data like email open rate, click-through rate, click-to-open rate, just to see how their emails were landing, let alone sales page stuff or checkout. It was kind of like, oh my God. Isn't <laughs> it? Let's talk about email. So people often think, and with funnels, like you'll get these plug and play templates for funnels where you can pay, I don't know, £97 and someone will give you their funnel, basically. And funnel hackers do this all the time. A funnel hacker is somebody that goes and looks at a successful person. They do it to me all the time and try and work out their entire funnel and copy it. And then they're really surprised when they've, they've tried to hack a funnel or they've bought a template of a funnel and they're not getting the same results as the person that gave it to them and I'm never surprised by this are you well yeah I think it's no it's not a surprise to me because I think people think can think that funnels are just the tech and if they are accepting the fact that when they purchase those templates that they are just buying the tech the the flow that's fine but it's it's so much more than that. It's the messaging. It's the um, looking at how you're going to get your lead gen. You're going to get, actually get people into the funnel. It's looking at your offer and how that aligns with your ideal client and if it's actually solving that root problem that they have. So a template can be a good thing, but it's only ever a starting point. So I think the yeah. people that kind of just plug it in are like, oh, I'll just use this. 
probably going to have quite a rude awakening. And they, and they do, because they come to me and go, well, I have a funnel and I've not made six figures. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't really work like that, because it's a whole <laughs> ecosystem of things that work together. And a funnel is one small part. And in, you know, in, our, in my program, One to Many, we automate a funnel for people, but we have to do it bespoke. And people say, why don't you just give them a template? Like, because it won't work. Like they have completely different personalities. Like they, you can't give someone something that's cookie cutter and expect it to work in the same way. But also... That's why I have to teach them the whole ecosystem around it. Like, where are they going to get the traffic from? And how are they going to nurture that audience once they've got them? And what's going to happen after that? Because it's so much more important than just, oh, well, I have a lead magnet out there. People sign up and now I've got a list of people. Yes, emails are so important. Like having a list, I wish I'd known that earlier, is so important. But it's what you do with it that's more important. Yeah, for sure. So, with, let's go into launch strategy because this is something you've helped people with. Yes. And obviously having someone like you that understands the funnel side of things, the email marketing side and the launch strategy working all together is really important um, because it's not like just one part of it. With your whole way of doing launch strategy, what do you first do when someone first comes to you and goes, right, I need to do a launch. I need this to work. What are the first things you start looking at with them? So when we're looking at launch strategy, the first thing I want to know is who their audience are and what their offer is. So how is what they're putting out there going to help their clients to get that transformation, to get away from that root problem that they kind of know that they have and they're trying to move towards this transformation. So it always starts there so that we can make sure that whatever launch style we're going to go for is actually going to work for that audience and for the offer that they're putting out there. Because there's no point in going for, you know, a quite I suppose, resource heavy or emotionally heavy launch style if actually you're putting out there like a 97 pound offer that's just kind of a quick hit. So we always start with who is it for? How is it helping them? And, you know, what is it going to take sort of investment wise from my client uh, to put into actually delivering on that launch as well? Because that's a really important factor. Right? You know, you get the people that are like you, Lisa, that are completely natural on camera, love to talk with people and people really resonate with what you do. There's people that want to launch that don't want to be in front of a camera that don't want to put themselves out there. So that can be a little bit trickier just to find a, a style or a way of still creating that buzz and sort of big bang event around whatever it is that they're doing without them having to necessarily be showing up live. <laughs> yeah, because it's not for everybody. No. <laughs> and, and, and this is what I mean about cookie cutter. Everyone teaches you like this is the way to launch, mm -hmm. but actually there are different ways of doing it. We have a launch guide that talk about the different ways because for an introvert, having to do a four-day challenge where they're constantly on camera, uh, that you know, that might not necessarily be the best way for them to to launch absolutely and you know some of the most successful launches i've seen which probably goes completely against what i teach my clients have been like what i call a lazy launch where people have just gone i've got this thing buy it and it's actually been a, a super successful but that'll be down to i guess the way that those people interact with their audience on a regular basis yeah. and then also the offer that they're putting out there that's the thing and sometimes i have unicorns in my yeah. client base that do that i mean abby's one so you know she abby from authors and co the first time she launched she didn't do anything that i told her to do she will openly admit <laughs> that she ignored everything that i told her to do and she made i think fifty two thousand having pretty much no group and what she thought was no audience but what she was a superstar at was 
building relationships over a long period of time. So when people say, well, she didn't have an audience, she had an audience because the people that she had built relationships with were her audience. They were the people that were watching her just on her personal Facebook page and she'd never offered them anything. So it worked perfectly well. And I think that that's where we have to be careful because we look at what people do out there and we go, well, they did it like that. And so I'm going to do it exactly the same way and it worked. But when clients come to me, well, you've seen this because being in um, your mastermind, there is no, this is the way to do it because it won't suit everybody to do it the same way. And I think we really have to start looking at what our strengths and our skills are, but also our personality, because there's nothing worse than trying to make somebody do a launch like mine. Like you imagine a big affiliate launch and they hate it. They yeah. are drained from it. That afterwards, their energy is like it wasn't, even though I've made multi six figures, it wasn't worth it for me. Because you should be enjoying your business. And all of the stuff that you do, like the online marketing with all of the tech that goes with it, that's there, especially automation, to help people to mm-hmm. have more freedom and to actually enjoy what they're doing because they don't have to be quite as hands on when you have all of these systems in place. No, absolutely. There's stuff that can help you out there. And there's, you know, for me um, and for clients that I work with, having a team in place, having the right sort of structure for your business, but also you're having those automations and those systems and those funnels in place right from lead gen point, nurturing people through to, you know, getting them to know a bit about you, joining your group, telling them about your products and services. It all forms part of ultimately the launches that you're doing down the line anyway. So I think it's getting clear on, you know, for me, it's never a come and build me this one thing and we'll look at it in isolation. Launches and the funnels that I'm building for people are part of that their bigger business strategy and their bigger business offering. So it's never, ever just a kind of isolated thing. Yeah. A funnel on its own is not going to make you any Absolutely, no. <laughs> it isn't. It's, it's everything that goes with it. And that's why it's really important to have someone like you who can sort of look at the whole thing together as an ecosystem and see how it's working. And I always think when people say, oh, something didn't work, like I tried to launch and it didn't work. I think people like you and I think about data so much that we can literally go through and see why it hasn't worked just piece by piece. Like I always think, you know, first you look at the audience, was there enough people in there? Then you look at how many people signed up and then you look at how many people turned up and all of those kind of things. And it's those metrics that tell you what to change next time. With your clients that you have, who obviously they're doing quite well, when things go wrong, I'm presuming they don't go, oh, that didn't work. (laughs) It depends on the client. To be honest, I think we're all guilty sometimes of doing that. I'm definitely guilty of doing that with my own stuff. <laughs> okay, right, that didn't work. I'm going to try the next thing. But um, in all seriousness, I think that's what I try and encourage my clients not to do is to go, well, every situation, every piece of data is something we can learn from. And even if it did completely tank from results, there'll be stuff in that data that we can look at and improve next time. So, you know, whether it's doing it through, Uh, like standalone funnel audits for people or whether it's part of a launch package when we're going through and looking, okay, well, so your sales page was performing in this way. This was your click-through rate. This number of people went through to your checkout. Okay, well, you can see there's a massive drop from when they went to your checkout to signups. So is there a problem with your checkout? We can start to unpick all the pieces of their, um, their funnels and their launch to see where potentially there were points of friction or they could improve things next time. So, you know, it's not, it's not magic. It's just, it's process and keeping a track of that data. So 
Um, I think I probably bore the pants off of everybody talking about it all the time, but that's what I try and do. It is like a jigsaw puzzle. And it's finding the piece of the jigsaw that is missing, the gap that isn't there. And and sometimes people think they've done everything and then you give them this one piece of the jigsaw that that wasn't working as well as everything else. And it slots into place and then suddenly everything works and they're doing these like huge launches. And I see people give up so near to that bit. Yeah. They've done it a couple of times. It hasn't worked. They're like, well, this doesn't work for me. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you don't know which bit isn't working. It could just be one small thing. When you yeah. do a funnel audit, what is the biggest mistake you see people make? It, oh, that's a good one. It's either it's either a traffic thing. They haven't had enough traffic in the top. So people will say, okay, I ended up with 25 sales. There were 50 people on a masterclass. And you're going, actually, that's a really, really Amazing. good yeah, really great um, conversion rate. But for them, they wanted to make 100 sales, maybe. And you're going, right, well, your problem's traffic. The other thing that I see people really do make a mistake on is their checkout. Because I feel like people think, well, it's just the payment bit. My sales page is important. My emails are impo- important. My onboarding is important. And they all are. But the checkout is where your clients have got their card out. They're vulnerable. They're thinking, should I? I don't know. Should I do this? Is it going to help me? So that is almost one of the most important pieces to, to make sure that it's, you know, simple things like it's on brand, it's reiterating the offer and the value, it's got testimonials, it's just, it's it's giving them every opportunity to know. It's got a guarantee on it, money back guarantee. So they know it's actually a no-brainer to sign up. So checkout's definitely something I see that people neglect or forget about. Yeah, you do forget that piece, don't you? Because you think the sales page has done all the work for you, but actually yeah. any opportunity you've got, to be persuasive and to reassure we should use and there's a whole bit there that we can use just as well that's so interesting so what's next for you what kind of things you got coming up I've always got something coming up (laughs) (laughs) um so I'm working with some good clients at the moment but for me where I really want to be heading is into the sort of more strategic role so I've got a I've got a mastermind that's coming up, like a mini mastermind called Momentum, which is over six months, really helping people to nail their um, funnel and launch strategy, uh, but in a group environment. So that's coming up in October. Um, And yeah, just kind of bringing on some more other sexy one-to-one clients to help them to improve their funnels and launches. Amazing. That's so exciting. If somebody is sitting, listening, going, I know that this is what I need. You know, I've done all the mindset work. I've done the spiritual work. It's the tech bit that I'm not doing quite so well, where is the best place for them to come find you? So increasingly I'm hanging out over on Insta. So come and follow me on Insta, which is Charlotte Wibberley, but also you can come and find me on my website, which is funnelarchitects.co.uk. Great name, Funnel Architects. And we will put those links into the show notes. Thank you, Charlotte, for being here today. It's been lovely to have a chat with you. And um, thanks, people, for listening. Uh, If you've enjoyed it, do um, give us a little rating. It's one of those things where when you first start a podcast, everyone gives you really good ratings in the first week because they want you to go up in the charts. But actually, we really need the ratings all the way along. So if you can give us a little review, um, I would absolutely love that. I'd be very grateful. And I will see you next week for another episode of Making Money Online. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.